morning. This is your best mix of music, 98.4 Capital FM. The show is Capital in the Morning. My name, June Gashui. And of course, it is the 3rd of July. We've started a new month, everybody. And I hope that it did not take you by surprise. I know the weather today is not helping, but that's why we're here, to keep feeding you with some great, great music and, of course, to get you into the mood. Uh, one of the things we're going to do in order to get us in the mood is to have a conversation. You know that we're passionate here about education. We're passionate about speaking about current affairs. But we're also passionate about just giving you good times. But today, I want you to join me as we have a conversation with my guest. I mentioned that he would be joining us earlier. He's the Nairobi County Government Finance County Executive, Mr. Charles Kerich. You're in studio uh, and your constituents can hear you. Please greet them. Habarienu, <laughs> Happy July, Polo for the Baridi. Yes. Bundle up, everybody. It's going to be a cold month. It is going to be a cold month. Eight degrees somewhere in Tika, so it's not uh, looking wonderful. Eight degrees. The, the, the weather temperature is reducing, but our our cost of living is going up, Charles. Uh, so we're going to have to talk about that and see how we can help uh, uh, warm things up a little bit. So um, we're going to just get in uh, by having you just tell us what is the role of a finance uh, county executive. What, what does this person do? This person first is responsible for bringing in the money. Mm-hmm. So revenue is probably the most important assignment. Um, and I'm glad that uh, in the short time that uh, Governor Sakaja Arthur Johnson has been in office, um, we've managed to at least surpass the revenue that was collected uh, last year mm-hmm. um, and we keep saying that uh, our predecessors had the army, the police, bombs but uh, we moved away from a lot of enforcement mm-hmm. and gone towards um, entreating the people or basically educating and informing on why it is important and necessary. Yes. Uh, so I think last year we did 8.9 billion this year um, we've the figures were about 9.33, uh, not looking at the hospitals. It will come to about 10. Okay. So revenue collection is really the, the, the key, and that is what enables service provision. Then, of course, accounting for that revenue. Mm-hmm. Remember, this is public money. Um, it's not uh, to be spent uh, as anybody pleases. Mm-hmm. It has to be spent um, to serve the interest of the public. And then, therefore, the third role is budgeting. Mm-hmm. You must do a budget process that involves the citizen, uh, where you have a lot of genuine public participation, not just to tick a box that we had this event, yes. and then uh, collect everything that uh, you have picked from there and put it into an annual development plan that then uh, informs the budgeting process. Mm. We are in charge of all the assets of the county and... Um, and um, those are the main roles, really, of uh, okay. the finance sector. So you're you're a busy guy. You are a busy uh, guy, largely, Charles. Um, <laughs> largely, but I make time to come and uh, say hi and to say hi. Nairobians and um, maybe just leave them a bit more informed than they were when they 
it's woke important. up in the morning. It's important. And that's and that's what we appreciate here. Because I think we hear some of these expressions, our news team come give us updates, but sometimes it's good to sort of dig deep right. um, and try and unpack what some of these titles are. Absolutely. So we've been hearing this term, clamp down, clamp down, clamp down. <laughs> Uh, it's in the news, it's everywhere, and now it's become a, a, a hashtag somewhere. Yeah. So what is the status of the ongoing clampdown of the buildings uh, and, and what's happening with that, Charles? Okay, so our main revenue stream mm. is land rates. And that is actually the main revenue stream for any city in the world. I can tell you that the city of London collects so much in land rates that by law they are not allowed to spend all of it. Mm. They have to actually share it with the poorer counties in the north of uh, the UK. <laughs> yes. And um, we have a situation where I think people over time are used to, you know, taking their time to comply and saying, oh, after all, every year there is a waiver, waiver, waiver. You mm-hmm. know, you keep seeing those things. And therefore, the debt piles up and, and we need the cash. We need the cash to build the roads, mm. to do the public lighting and so on and um, we have a lot outstanding out there and so it, it is more of a pub- publicity um, attempt mm. uh, because like I pointed out we were really trying to move away from enforcement to using Ascaris with Rungus um, as you are aware even these vehicles that used to go around buildings arresting people are no longer on the streets. I'm sure you've not seen them in the last two months. They were completely removed Mm. because you try and move towards assisting the people to comply Mm. instead of forcing forcing them to comply. So for the buildings and uh, areas where, you know, there's income coming in, but uh, there is no uh, payment Mm -hmm. to the county, Mm We basically come and say, from now on, we will take over management of your, not management, uh, rent collection. Mm-hmm. And uh, once we clear, we, we move out. But what we really want is compliance. And there is not going to be another uh, waiver uh, this year. <laughs> so let's just pay up. Um, that's really what we require for, for service delivery. We began it last week, did about uh, six buildings and one parking lot. There's yes. an empty parking lot that owes about 48 million shillings to wow. the county. And uh, there's daily revenue collection there. And so now the county is collecting um, that revenue. And um, we, we really hope not to go um, to forcing add, people. Yeah. We would rather that uh, we just uh, got you to see the importance of the compliance. What's been the typical excuse or reason if, if somebody's earning revenue, the reason they're not paying their dues in your experience is what? Um, they don't prioritize what they are not pushed to do. Mm-hmm. They are, there's a percentage of Nairobians who will pay their taxes, their rates, uh, file their returns with KRA without any reminder. Mm-hmm. Then there is another percentage that has to be prompted. And when somebody gets an alert on the phone saying, dear uh, June Gashui, your property LR number two or nine stroke three thirty eight in Kilimani. Are I you reading from you my phone probably, right now? Yeah, <laughs> I probably uh, got that. Was this much? <laughs> then you know yes. somebody says, "Oh, I had actually forgotten." Yeah. So I was willing to pay, but mm. you know I just got overtaken by things. Mm-hmm. Then there is another small percentage of like twenty percent where you have to hold a rungu, yes. literally. And you walk into a building and you find people don't have single business permits, and they hear the county's here, and everybody closes shop running. and runs away. Yeah. You know, 
that, that that's something that has to be dealt with without this using force and arresting people. Mm, mm. Uh, we are really, really, really keen on moving away from this issue of being perceived as um, people who just bundle people into vehicles, take them to the cell and so yeah, on. Yeah. And try and uh, tell you that, look, your shop does not have a single business permit, but this is how to pay. Do you want to pay? Or the permit you have is fake because you've given somebody cash. Mm. They have gone and printed something mm-hmm. uh, in River Road and uh, you have it on your wall, but you still need to pay the genuine one. This is how to do it. And um, so that that's the direction we were going. And and this coming year, I'm actually very keen that uh, our one of our biggest assignments will be to have self-service portals okay. where people can check their land rates and pay. Okay. You can uh, check the status of your single business permit and pay. There are like 450,000 people in this city who work in hotels and restaurants and bars mm. that need something known as a food handling certificate. True. Just the same way you can go to uh, e-citizen and apply for a good certificate of good conduct, pay for it online, be directed to go Take and get finger fingerprinted somewhere yeah. and then get the good conduct on your email. Should be the same way somebody should get a food handling certificate. True. You apply online, pick the nearest clinic. Uh, go get tested, do whatever that you need is to do. Accredited, go get mm. tested, get it online. Mm. So it, once we do that, um, people begin to see things are working. Okay. Um, it's working and it's reliable and the, the 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 certificate I've received on my email is genuine and I don't need to go and line up at City Hall. Okay. I don't even need to go to town at all. I can just get it from where I am. Where? So the issue of building uh, clumping w- is mainly to get people to settle uh, because that's our really our huge. Yeah. It uh, needs to facilitate the work that you need to do that's for right. your for your citizens. Um, you know, it's interesting. I'm, I'm listening to you talk, and I'm wondering how many of the percentage that you were speaking about. You know, there's the the large number. Hopefully, who get the message, get overtaken with with events and life, and then there are those who deliberately would prefer not to and say, let me just hold off until I'm found and forced to do so. But how many of us really know what we are expected to do? I keep uh, speaking to the creative industry. That's that's sort of where I play. And I keep telling them, everybody else who does business writes a list of things that they need to do. If I'm going to open up a, a shop in town, I'm going to write a list of all the things I need to get in order to start that business. Where am I? Uh, who is my manufacturer? Where am I importing from? If I'm importing, what do I need to get to be able to start my business? So where is that one-stop shop or where is that sensitization for the listener who's who's thinking of starting a business this month? That list of things, where is it? Anybody starting a business, apart from your inventory and your stock and so mm-hmm. on, would Budgets. want to know what licenses do I need? Would need to know. Yes. Yeah. I mean, if you want to start a shop, uh, there are licenses that you get from the national government, maybe from NEMA, maybe from KEBS, mm-hmm. maybe from... And then there the are the county ones. And, and um, or you want to run a matatu, you know, there's the, 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 the license that you need for the road. Mm. Uh, so... What you're talking about is a place for prospective businesses. But anybody who already owns land knows that my land is either freehold mm. or leasehold. leasehold yeah. And if it is leasehold, this is what I need to pay. And in Nairobi, we also have um, a special category uh, for land rates uh, that's known as a flat rate. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
and that usually applies to the areas that came into Nairobi much later like uh, the areas of Ruai and uh, Dagoreti that became part of Nairobi in 1974 uh, those ones pay a flat rate because they were farms if you try and apply the same uh, undeveloped site value that we apply in the rest of the city mm-hmm. then it will become very expensive so the the um, we publish uh, something known as a schedule of fees and charges which lists all the licenses and everything that you pay for you cannot charge anybody for anything unless it has been published, published. in the finance bill so like a, the way so, you gazette so, something yes yeah so every year mm-hmm. you work on a finance bill um, but that finance bill you work on that year only has what has been amended or what is new mm. um, but now you have to compile all that and put it into one document that one person uh, going through it would not need to refer anywhere else so i think what we 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 hope to do is once we pass the finance bill this year we can then put it online uh, for anybody to be able to um, access okay. but that tells you what needs to be paid but for you know what you're asking about mm. Where do you find the information for prospective? Mm. That then would be under our trade department, okay. where we um, provide that information uh, on our websites, on our uh, social media handles. That that is available. Okay, great. We're speaking with Charles K. Rich this morning uh, on Capital in the Morning. And of course, if you've got any comments, questions, feel free to share them with us uh, so that we can continue to have our conversation. The Nairobi County Government Finance County Executive Charles K. Rich is in studio. Capital FM. Charles Kerridge, good morning and welcome uh, back. If you've just tuned in, we're having a conversation about Nairobi County with our uh, Nairobi County Government Finance County Executive Charles Kerridge. Charles, thank you so much for being here. Uh, we'll continue our conversation. Um, you had uh, mentioned about the introduction of sectional properties rates, uh, which uh, by our understanding would be targeting individual houses or, uh, or blocks of apartments in order to increase income um, for the county. Please tell us more about this. So we have um, something known as a valuation rule. Mm-hmm. If I want to charge you rates, your property has to be valued because you pay a small percentage of, of the it, value. Of yeah. the value. Mm-hmm. And uh, the last valuation that we Nairobi had been using was done in 1982. Wow. So at that time, an acre of current, an acre of land in Karen was valued at eight hundred thousand shillings. Mm. The same acre now is going for fifty to sixty million shillings. And so, uh, over the last few years, Nairobi City County Government has worked on a new valuation role, and uh, that was concluded in twenty nineteen and uh, started being implemented on January 1st this year. Okay. So it has reviewed uh, the values. Whatever is in that valuation role is now current. It's current. It's not 40 years And old. it's supposed to be mm-hmm. actually um, reviewed every 10 years. So um, the percentage that used to be charged on uh, on rates is, is this, the language for it is it's called a rates track. Mm-hmm. A rates track is a percentage of your total value, and therefore this percentage, this is what you're supposed to pay. Okay. Uh, in order to ensure compliance, you must in, you must see to it that the 
the, the new valuation rule does not vary the payment too much. Mm-hmm. It has to be very marginal and minimal. Nobody should pay uh, more than double, for example, what they were paying. Mm-hmm. And of course, the challenge is that over the years since 1982, different areas have developed differently. The value of an acre in, in uh, Upper Hill um, has gone up more astronomically than, uh, for example, uh, Parklands. Yes. And so that valuation role uh, then gives us a basis on how to do valuation and collect rates. But Nairobi generally collects what is known as the undeveloped site value. Meaning that uh, if you have an acre of land, mm-hmm. that acre and its value is what is charged in terms of rates. However, that one acre could have a uh, hundred apartments. Okay. Um, so w- we have not been charging for whatever development is on it. It's just on the undeveloped site value. Now, the national government, uh, about two or three years ago, passed uh, what was known as the um, the um, Sectional Properties Act. Act yeah. That was meant to help people to have direct ownership of their units. Because before, if you are on half an acre with 60 apartments, there is a mother title, and then you're given a sub-lease. Correct. For if your you apartment. want to sell your apartment, yes. you have to get permission from your colleagues, your, your fellow homeowners, because mm-hmm. you are under the same title. Mm-hmm. And so the initiative from the Ministry of Lands was meant to then give everybody their own individual title. You can sell your apartment without reference to anybody. And therefore, it doesn't make sense to continue uh, charging for that uh, open area when people own individual titles. True. Yeah. So without uh, significantly increasing the the rates to be paid, you take what was being paid for that one acre and divide it uh, amongst the units and the units share out. So that's what the sectional properties is all about, mm-hmm. uh, where any uh, people are given their individual rates to pay. So that if I have paid and my neighbor has not paid, then we are not all victimized. Because, you know, initially, then they would say LR209-309, uh, somewhere in Riara Road, mm-hmm. has not paid. Because half the, the homeowners have paid and the other half have refused to pay. But uh, closely related to that uh, issue of sectional properties, is something else that um, Nairobians need to start thinking about, and that is known as value capture. Mm -hmm. On that one acre that I have talked about in Upper Hill, for which you are charging um, uh, land rates just for the one acre, might stand one building. And that one building has 40 floors. And each of those floors has a business Mm. taking place in there. And all the people in those businesses use the infrastructure they use the roads to get there. They use the sewage system um, from that building yes. and so on. And so to continue charging f- uh, for that one acre undeveloped, whereas there's a 40-story building, uh, is really um, a disservice to the Nairobians. Value capture basically means that for every flow and every activity that takes place, you should be able to say this is what you should remit to the city. Based so we are moving now from land rates mm-hmm. into sectional properties, and the next step will be value capture. And so you are going to be using what as a as a as a mark or as a parameter as a parameter rather. So if my business, let's say, let's let's take where we are right now on the 19th floor of the CBD, as I like to call it, um, and the business that we're taking on here, the value is based on our revenue, for example. No, 
it's based the on value what? is not on you capital fm mm. occupying 19th floor mm. it is on londro house aha uh-huh. yes because okay. londro house is collecting from you correct and therefore percentage of what they collect from you is what uh, should should go okay so it's uh, on uh, plinth area and uh, the value of the the the, the best title okay Uh, thanks. I feel like we're having a, a lecture here. You are a very good uh, teacher. Uh, <laughs> so for <laughs> those of you who are tuned in, I hope that you're feeling more educated. It's um, called an intellectual intercourse. Come on, somebody. <laughs> I like that. I like that. <laughs> Now, uh, let's speak a little bit about pending bills, Charles. In your budget speech, you did mention the issue of pending bills. Um, and a lot of uh, entrepreneurs out here who offer services to county, offer services to national government, offer services uh, to no end, um i'm sure are are feeling the pinch of of bills that perhaps have not yet been settled um what are the plans uh, for settling some of these pending bills and that's a real headache mm. because i think maybe subsequent governments have failed to tackle and have um, presided over the increase in pending bills year on year yeah as we speak now uh, the pending bills in nairobi are just about 100 billion shillings wow now put that into perspective Uh, we receive about 20 billion shillings th- from the national government as allocation from CARA the, mm-hmm. through the constitution and collect about 10 so you have 30 billion shillings and uh, the wage bill in Nairobi for its 13500 staff is 1.3 billion shillings a month mm. that's like 15 in a year yeah. so that tells you half of all your revenue half goes towards paying salaries. Yeah. Now you're left with 15 that you then have to uh, appropriate between recurrent expenditure paying for your non-discretionary medicine, electricity and so on and some for development. development yeah. And the development is mandatory. In fact it should be 30% of your budget. Mm. So much so that the 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 the, the ability to settle those pending bills becomes a real challenge that needs to be it needs a martial plan on its own mm. because there are people who supplied items they will come and tell you look this piece of machinery here at mama lucy hospital i am the one who brought it i took a loan i have not been paid for it my house is about to be auctioned okay, yeah. and you can see that it is a genuine pending bill because the item they brought is right here and so we've been really trying to to reduce um those pending bills by paying especially suppliers of goods and services the way our pending bills look is that you have like 5.4 billion mm-hmm. owed to goods and services uh, 21 billion uh, is being claimed by lawyers <laughs> there's another 21 billion that uh, is owed to the GOK which uh, we have been having a conversation with them about the possibility of writing it off because these were loans taken in the 80s to build the water infrastructure in Nairobi by the city council then long yes. long time ago yes. uh, it was borrowed from the french and other partners guaranteed by the national government and therefore they have obviously since been paid back so what we owe is the guarantee to the national government the conversation is please could you just write off uh, mm-hmm. this one mm-hmm. then there is a huge debt of about 47 billion owed to pension schemes mm-hmm. lap trust lap fund um lap fund is 8 billion lap trust is the difference 
the 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 most painful thing about this 47 odd pension schemes is whereas it was money that was deducted from staff and was supposed to be remitted the law allows them to levy interest and penalties of as much as uh, 3% per month that's 36% per year mm. compounded and that's why it just keeps yeah, magnifying in a manner that is you know uncontrollable mm. Um, and we've had to negotiate with them uh, to say, please, could you even just stop this interest? Because putting 36% interest in 40 billion, you can imagine, even if you paid, it is still, you know, just um, multiplying itself. Mm. At some point, there was a conversation about uh, asset swap. But generally, it's, 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 you know, it's robbing the Nairobians to give out their assets uh, because of debts that are owed. There was a time... Um, an agreement was made to move there is an estate in South B known as Mariakani yes. uh, to transfer it to Lap Fund and it went to Lap Fund and believe you me it had a very small dent in the debt so you've lost a whole estate yeah. but you have really not made much impact and therefore that issue of asset swap is not um, it's not, it's really, not the best yeah. you know you we, have to address the interest rate i would imagine the interest rate and find a solution mm. to the issue there is also some debt that was owed to KPLC they were claiming 1.7 billion and we said okay let's look at it um, where are these meters and we went doing physical verification of meters uh, we were supposed to be having about Um, about 14,000 meters attributable to Nairobi City County. Yes. Do you know almost 30% of those meters are not ours? <laughs> There are so many meters in physically in Turkana, like 40 meters in Turkana under the name of Nairobi City County Government. And you wonder how did this how happen? Did they get there? People yeah. just open a school in Turkana, open an account and put Nairobi City County Government and the county has been paying for them for the last 20 years. There are some in Kisi, some in Nyeri and so on. So that verification alone of the meters brought down that claim of 1.7. They were claiming to 800. Yes. And mm. we are now going on mm-hmm. um, to even see how to uh, uh, ascertain the exact amount. Yeah. But so in the meantime, yes. we've been paying them like uh, 100 million shillings yeah. every month. Every so month. it's coming yeah. down. Uh, uh, we owed um, KRA some 2.8 billion we've been paying them 100 million every month it's coming down we owed kemsa there was no medicine in the in the in, in, the, in, hospitals. The, in the hospitals yes. about 280 we've been paying them 40 million every month i think now we've reached about 160 we are making good progress okay. but um, the real challenge is how to deal with these spiraling uh, interest rates mm. and the huge wage bill the wage bill is really big and for you to do voluntary early retirement you must first settle these pension schemes because That's they will true. say why do you want to retire staff hand them over to us and who's, to who's give them their pension their yet you owe us uh, yeah. a lot of money yeah, so I, i think um, it, it's not it's not it's not a light issue uh, we've really excited our minds on it but i'm very sure that under governor Arthur Johnson Sakaja this time the pending bills issue will be rested once and for all that's that's music to our ears and we wish you all the best i always say that uh, solutions may come even from kenyan so if you're listening in and you've got a way in which you can help uh, reduce these pending bills with some creative innovative ideas do let us know at 984 in the morning or on 0701 984 984 <laughs> We're continuing our conversation with Nairobi County Government Finance County Executive Charles Kerich in studio and we are unpacking 
uh, all matters, uh, county budgets, county revenue collection, um, where it's coming from, why we have not paid as uh, uh, members of this city. Um, and I want to jump into an interesting conversation here about the plans or whether they are plans, alleged plans to demolish the Green Park terminus and then put in uh, some new developments around that space. How true or accurate is that statement, Charles? Um, There is thought Mm -hmm. going into that. You know, the Green Park Terminus is situated in what is possibly the most valuable real estate in Nairobi. The most valuable. Mm. How many people think that putting a bus stop there was a brilliant idea? Put up your hands. Let's see. (laughs) Um, It's not being utilized. Mm. Whatever money was spent by the Nairobi Metropolitan Service to put it there, uh, I don't know whether that was the best use. But we cannot say that uh, because money has gone into it, therefore it must be used by matatus, whether we like it or not. Mm. That, that just devalues that whole place. So there was a thought that Nairobi is losing conferences to Kigali of all places. Mm. I mean, before all the conferences used to be in Gauteng in uh, Johannesburg. In Johannesburg, yeah. And uh, at least we had a residue of uh, some of them. And we want those conference tourists. To come back. But we don't have the facilities. KICC is a relic. It should be turned into a museum, handed over to the Museum for Management. Mm. We don't have any other. So therefore, Kigali steps in, builds a nice center. Everybody's going to Kigali. We have very many hotels that have come up in Nairobi that don't have full occupancy that these conferences would boost. Therefore, if uh, there is a possibility of having a world-class convention center in that location, why not? Why not? I mean, I know that uh, with the 10 acres or so that uh, is the Green Park Terminus, remember the Green Park is not on the entire land Mm. that uh, belongs to the county. Uh, There is still land behind uh, between uh, that Green Park and Huru Park. Mm-hmm. That 10 acres is enough to put up a world-class convention center, maybe using a PPP model where the investors bring in the money and we don't have to squeeze the public for any shilling. Let them build it and operate uh, the place. You can have two or three world-class hotels in there. There is even a conversation uh, about the possibility of creating an exit of the expressway there. Mm. Because as you know, the expressway doesn't have any exit. The, f- the, f- the, the closest to the CBD one. is a capital center. Mm. Then the next one is at the museum, the museum yeah. where you've already passed. Mm. Therefore, proceed and join the jam and come back into town. Mm-hmm. But uh, if there was an exit of the expressway there, it would mean that uh, people arriving to that center would be in the hotel from the airport 20 minutes maximum. And so it was about using our strategic uh, placement as Nairobi Mm. to see whether we can revive this city in terms of bringing in more tourists. And not every tourist has to land in Nairobi on their way to Masai Mara or on their way to Amboseli. You know, Nairobi itself should be a destination as it used to be. I mean, when we were growing up, there were very many tourists who used to walk these streets of That's Nairobi. True. We don't see them anymore. Without any Yeah, we issues. don't see them anymore. And uh, we need them to come back. And the way to do it is to push for these mice, um, the conferences, conferences and uh, so on. Yeah. So if uh, that is viable, a feasibility study is being done, 
I would urge Nairobians to support it wholeheartedly. Mm. I mean the matatus have even rejected that stage. Can you imagine? They're not um, using it. They are not even using it and you know it's really a valuable piece of real estate to just put up country matatus and and uh, US and those other ones called mm. whatever <laughs> line. So the feasibility know. study that's currently being undertaken we should then get uh at least an, uh, some information about what the cost of doing this investment would be and yes. what the returns on that and what the returns will be and the, that cost should be borne by an investor mm-hmm. not 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 by the public i know the national government has also um considered uh doing it a, con- a new convention center mm. uh, to be situated at the bombers of kenya no problem i think if they did that it would complement but if we had ours here uh, that would be a very fantastic move in my view okay. especially um, if we can then market the way south africa does they have that convention center has a new conference every, every week, week yeah. they finish one for mining then they go to green energy then they go to a music festival there's just so much it's activity busy. It's, it's busy and there's a lot of money being pumped into the economy Let's speak a little bit uh, before we get to the top of the hour uh, on the uh, fire stations at Kangemi and uh, Gikomba. Uh, there's a lot of uh, f- uh, r- property um, destruction, obviously, because of fires. Do you think, uh, in your opinion, that there's um, a way that these fire stations could help reduce? And what is really causing their prevalence? Uh, first of all, I think our fire department <laughs> has to be commended. Mm. They, they have really turned around their response time mm, mm. Uh, whenever there is a fire. At least we see the trucks. I think we never used to actually see fire trucks. Yes. Yeah. So now, that's yeah. So the idea is to because uh, the governor talked about um, and we are implementing the issue of uh, creating five barrows in Nairobi, uh, the eastern, western, northern, south, and central. Yes. The idea is to have one at least one fire station in each barrow to reduce the turnaround time uh, for emergency uh, vehicles. Mm. Kikomba is notorious. It's always burning. And part of the reason is because of the structures. I mean, they are just timber, dried timber uh, stalls. So prone to... Yeah, to once fire, uh, one yeah. catches fire, you cannot put it off until the rest of the structures have been raised. Mm. Uh, there has been a uh, conversation with the national government, again, through the State Department of Housing, to build some more semi-permanent structures. I mean, why doesn't Kenyatta market burn? Has it ever burnt? I don't, I don't think it has. Because it is concrete and, uh, you know, the, the material is not Flam- one, as flammable as, flammable as, as, yeah, as toy as market to and, uh, and Gikomba and so on. Yes. Yeah, so uh, the fire stations will be constructed possibly about six within the next three years. But this coming year in the budget, we have enough for two and uh, Kikomba and Kangemi Apart. have been prioritized because of their geographic location and because of the um, the danger, the mm, risk the of fire risk, in those yeah. areas. Yeah. Uh, Charles, I want to say a big, big thank you for you uh, coming in this morning. Uh, our Nairobi County Government Finance County Executive Charles Kirit has been our guest in studio. Uh, it is 9 a.m. And so uh, just a quick reminder that there's this amazing project. I don't know, Charles, if you've already taken your photos and uploaded them. Have you heard of the Migrate Nairobi campaign? Yes. Uh, Honorable Sakaja actually launched it, our county mm-hmm. governor. We were there with him. He took his photos. He uploaded them on the website. So, Charles, I hope that you're going to do the same thing. It's really 
really an art project that's geared towards celebrating the evolution of Nairobi all the way from the 1800s. And how it works is that people, just you and me, upload new or old photos on the mygreatnairobi.co.ke website. And if you want to know more, you can tune into The Jam, which starts at 3 p.m. with Martin Karaoke to give you more. But I'll be checking to see if uh, you have <laughs> uploaded your photos. Yeah. We can take one today and upload that. And the governor is very big about returning the vibe of the city. Very true. The vibe of Nairobi. Very true. Where somebody says, I am Nairobi. I am Nairobi. Yeah. And Charles, you are Nairobi. I am Nairobi. <laughs> Capital FM